0: they talking all of this madness talking all of this madness talking all of this madness they talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness talking all of Hello, this madness talking all of this madness. madness wrestling podcast i am your host ron tashery junior and with me this week as always uh we like to call this guy ALO. The ladies like to call him Balo. And tonight, he's looking a little bit like Damian Lillard. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a bu- I'm, I'm in a lot better
1: shape than bubble. him. Bubble. <laughs> I'm in a lot better <laughs> shape than him. He actually left the bubble. So.
0: Yeah. So you. I guess yeah. You're coming live from out of the bubble. Yes. Uh, ALO, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, this is our SummerSlam review show. So had some technical difficulties on my end. My MacBook may have. Uh, maybe. Uh, in its last days I don't know end of an hour hoping it's yeah I'm hoping it's an easy <laughs> fix I don't have to buy a new computer but I guess we will see um, so I'm recording this on my phone which I don't think I've ever done before uh, not I don't love it uh, I don't love having to hold the phone up and not having my notes right in front of me but we'll, we'll make the best of it <clears throat> um, I guess before we get into SummerSlam the first thing I want to talk about Alo your thoughts on John Moxley officially being PWI's number one wrestler of the year.
1: Uh, I'm not. I'm not really shocked, but you know, you know, my position hasn't really changed. When I see Moxley, I still kind of see Ambrose, you know. Um, so my position on him hasn't really changed, even in AEW. I, I like him a lot better as Moxley than Dean Ambrose, but my position really hasn't changed. But good for him. He got out of he got out of that toxic situation. and Is able to actually be considered the number one wrestler of the year in the PWI. So, kudos to him. Yeah, I'm happy for
0: him. Um... He's a guy that I know we talked about a lot on this show back in old 2016, and we were planning on our entry fight with him was going to make him a star, and it didn't quite work out that way. I four years ago, it may be a little bit long, but he's it. Congratulations, that couple is having a great a great week, I guess. Yes. They <laughs>
1: <laughs> they definitely are. Congratulations, Renee.
0: Oh, you there? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, your video is frozen. Uh but yeah, that couple, Renee Young and John Moxley. Fantastic week that they're having. <laughs> um okay, so how oh, is going on with my connection here? It like keeps going in and out. This doesn't well this this particular thing doesn't make for great uh, great podcasting, but like so hello. We're going to get into SummerSlam. We have a rating system in place.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, Hopefully, technical technical difficulties don't affect this, so come on in, Howard. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Howard. RIP.
0: (laughs) Yes, Howard. Rest in peace. So, you already know my rating. Uh, It's the main reason why we ended up finding a way to do this, Uh, or part of the reason, anyway. So, I'll let you go first. What is your rating for SummerSlam this year?
1: Well, hmm. So, you know, I, I'm gonna give it a showstopper because, like, I really did enjoy the show. <laughs> uh, I really did. I was leaning between a high in a in a, uh, a high slap knock and a showstopper, and I really did enjoy the show. I did. I thought I was surprised in a lot of instances. Uh, I think like Seth Rollins and Dominic. As much as I did not want to see that, I feel like that, that match had me on the edge of my seat the entire time, even though. We've seen it for for months on Raw Monday Night on a weekly basis, and like the inclusion of Ray's wife Angie coming down and like and like Seth like hello like like come like trying to egg her on like come on join me, I thought was really fun. The memes that came out of Dominic coming in with his parents was amazing. I'm not sure if you've seen any of those. Um, I think Galloway and Randy Orton had a really good match. It told a really good story. Sasha Banks and Oscar that was my favorite match tonight. Even though I felt that. The match at at Extreme Rules was better, but that storyline is actually moving forward quite nicely. And I think that uh, Bray Wyatt in the uh, in Braun Strowman that was that was whatever you know Braun's Braun at this point. He hasn't really been relevant in the last four years to us anyway. So that match was was was, was what what it was. And then we got the return of Roman Reigns at the end of the night, setting up for the pay per view next week. And the one thing I like about Payback next week is, like, people have been complaining about why there's a pay-per-view next week after SummerSlam. And (laughs) the thing that I love about this, because I've been championing WWE storytelling for the past few weeks, especially since I've been by myself, and WWE, they've added so many layers to their story. So it's not, so for example, at Payback on next week, next Sunday, there are no rematches from SummerSlam. You know, there's either, like, TV feuds. I'm sure, like, AJ Styles will face Jeff Hardy for the IC title again. Uh, Sasha Banks and Billy's story continues, but it's also crossing over with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax's story. Uh, uh, Apollo Crews defending the U.S. title against Bobby Lashley. That that That's a layer to another story, because Bobby Lashley is, like, somewhat the muscle of the Hurt business. And as of now, we don't have a full card yet, but there's been a Oh, Randy Orton's not facing Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre might not even be at the pay-per-view. So that's actually a lot of layers to these stories, and... This is benefit and payback because there's not going to be one rematch on this card, and that's something I could really enjoy as well. So I'm gonna give it a showstopper.
0: All right. So, as you know, the listeners don't know yet. Maybe they figured it out by now. I also gave it a showstopper. I watched the entire fucking thing. I can't. I All couldn't three believe hours it. and five minutes. I I, uh, I got. Go ahead.
1: I couldn't believe it when you said that. I was a complete shock. he's like the whole fucking thing i couldn't believe it
0: (laughs) my original plan was like so last week you said there were like five matches specifically you really wanted to talk about so and we could get to the rest like at the end and when i turned it on i was like okay i'll just like skip around and watch those five and maybe not even all five Uh, but it opened with uh oscar and bailey I was like, "Okay, this is one of the ones I want to see right off the bat." And I just kind of got like kind of got into it. Uh, like I said, I watched all 3 hours and 5 minutes. I give it a showstopper. I really enjoyed it. I did not think there was even like I honestly didn't even think there was like a bad match on the card. No, I, maybe I... part of it maybe part of it was because when I turned it on and looked at the length of the running time it wasn't four hours. So I think it already gave it like a couple of bonus points. Like, all right, this is a reasonable amount of time to expect me to watch three hours. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't think there was a bad match on the card. I didn't. Not every match was great, but there was no point where I was like, "Oh, this, this is shit." Yeah. And it's very rare to watch a WWE show with no part of it feeling like it's just shit. Yeah. So. I loved the two women's title matches. Like I thought, Bailey and Oscar, Bailey and Oscar match was great. I thought it was great to open the show with it. Um, I thought Sasha and Oscar was excellent. I also thought that was probably my match of the night. How about that powerbomb? Um, awesome. Was really, that was a great <laughs> moment. Uh, it was nasty, and it was one of those times when I like cringed when it happened. Um, and I had even seen like the the clips of it on Twitter like that night and. A couple of times since then. And even knowing it was coming, I still winced at it when I saw it. Um, Samoa Joe on commentary is just fantastic. <laughs> uh, I I just really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought they did a great job. I thought every match was good. But I thought, like, everyone... Now, granted, I haven't been watching all this time. So, like, I don't know how everyone has been positioned. I don't know how how everyone has looked on TV for the last two, two three four months but i felt like watching everyone uh on that show i felt like everyone kind of looked good on it and again that's a a rarity to see and and i enjoyed every match so two showstoppers i don't that doesn't happen often especially not for like current day especially in the pandemic era right uh look and i'm not gonna pretend like the whole thunderdome thing isn't kind of weird and kind of cheesy and there were some fan hijinks from what i saw Uh uh-huh it shows you just how out of touch with the world WWE is, that they couldn't predict that that kind of shit was going to happen. Like, you give people that kind of room, they're going to they're gonna do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I know I saw Benoit on one of the screens. KKK. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good show. And, like, for as much as I am willing to rip WWE at every turn, I do try to be fair, and I give them credit where credit is due. And I thought it was a really good show. And for... Like WrestleMania being put on the way it was put on, like kind of a rush job and like a lot of uncertainty. And they did a great job there. I feel like this was something they probably had been able to plan for a little more. And I, I thought they did a really good job. So I got to give them credit. Um, so when we want to get into some specific matches, I'll let you kind of pick first. Like what's the first match you want to you want to kind of discuss?
1: Yeah, we, can stop, we can start top with the uh, the WWE title match with, Matt, with Galloway and Randy Orton. So I, I personally so, – go
0: ahead. Oh, no. The, the only thing I wanted to say first is, like, I haven't consumed any of this. I've really only – the only thing I know about it is, like, what you've talked about on Matt Madness. So I have to say, just even after watching, like, the package for it, I was like, okay, like, that that was, like, my first note. Like, you you were right. Like, this was a good story. Like, Randy Orton has played a great role here. As much as I'm not, like, the biggest Drew Galloway fan and don't think he's, like, necessarily, like, this great champion, I think the role he has played has been really good. And um, maybe the, the best compliment I could give it. So I did think it was a really good match. I really liked the finish, too, because I think it it it, it was, like, an unpredictable-type finish. And it wasn't really a cheap finish, I didn't feel like, either. No. It was, like, like. He saw an opportunity. He took it. He got the win. Like, that match could have gone either way. Like, how often do you see a match that doesn't end with a finisher end in a way that isn't, like, cheating? Um, so, I thought it was a good finish. I thought it was, like, a smart idea to do it that way. Um, but, like, the the best compliment I can give it is, and I had this in my notes, is that uh, it felt like Like, when this match started and maybe a couple minutes into it, this felt like I was watching something on pay-per-view, which may not sound like a compliment, but, like, we've been getting these things basically for free with the WWE Network for, what, five years, seven Mm -hmm. years, however long it's been. How often do you turn on one of these monthly shows and feel like I'm watching a pay-per-view? I feel like I haven't felt that way in years. But watching that match, I, like I felt like I was watching a pay per view, and I hope that makes sense. Like it makes sense. The se- the sentiment I'm trying to get across. The like, setup felt like the setup. Yeah, it felt like it was an important match. It felt like it was a big deal. It felt like this is something I've been like, even though I really wasn't. It's like, oh, I I felt like I've been waiting to see this. So I thought both guys did a great job. Like the story they told leading up to it clearly was good. Um, The story they told on the night of the match clearly was good. And, like, there's obviously room for them to to continue telling this story. And this match got me interested to see, like, okay, where does it go next? So I'm curious your thoughts on, on the WWE Championship match. My only complaint is... It's called the WWE Championship. It should be treated like the championship and should be the main event. But that's kind of a nitpick. But I'm, I'm curious your your thoughts on anything you haven't already said.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I thought they played off the dynamic of the story real well. Like every, they both were trying to basically one up each other, had to answer for everything they got each other had, and I like McIntyre putting in the legends that Orton took out moves. Like, he he had a Ric Flair figure four in there. And he always does the kip up already. But I guess mm-hmm. you can get that tribute to Michaels. <clears throat> oh, by the way, Shawn Michaels, I'm not sure if you noticed, but look into the camera. My God. I know. <laughs> oh, God. He, he's just not looking sexy. At least
0: we didn't see his hairline.
1: Y- yeah, yeah, thank God. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought they played into the story really well. And the fact that, especially now, it's nowadays. Like, we're so conditioned to... Seeing finishers and two or three times in a match and people kicking out of it, and at this in this match nobody hit a finisher. The only time somebody really attempted it was in the finish, or um, McIntyre goes for the Claymore or encounters it, then or goes for RKO and that's how Galli wins. Turned into a backslide, so they protected each other's finishers. And I, I talked about this last week that I feel that this story needs a little bit more before we see anything happen, and then. I talked about it a few minutes ago as well, like they added a layer to this with Keith Lee, debuting in Orton taking out McIntyre on Raw with the, the three punts. So now Orton's going to end up facing Keith Lee and it's not a rematch. So we're not going to get back-to-back title matches. We get this feud extended even longer. And that's what this feud actually needs before we actually get a title change. So I can actually say I, I really did enjoy that. And I'm looking forward to see what else happens in the story because I don't think that after the, in the first title match that we needed a title change.
0: I think also, like, and this probably plays a little bit into why I was so high on the show as a whole. Like, I didn't go into this expecting to really like this match. I I think, like, going into it, I was like, this match will probably be fine. And not much more than that. And it was really good. So, that's kind of how I felt about every match. Like, every match I watched ended up being a little better than what I was expecting. So, I guess when you add up all those matches being better than my expectations, that's what made me so high on it. Um, Now, the two women's championship matches, um, I think it was really smart to open the show with one of them. Um, And I do think it it was the right call to have Bailey retain and Sasha lose the title uh, for the the reasons we discussed last week. Um, But I thought both matches were great. I thought all three of them, like, performed phenomenally. Uh, I think, obviously, this makes Asuka look great that she really only lost to Bailey in the first match because of some help from Sasha and then to go into her second title match of the night and win by submission like i think that's a big deal it sucks as like a sasha fan that it's once again she loses her first title defense but like this is one of the things we've talked about forever like it doesn't matter whether she wins or loses her matches she kind of like steals the show whenever she's in a big match and I feel like she kind of did that again. And as someone who has not been watching, who has not been seeing everything they've been doing, I really enjoy this version of Sasha because it's not the same boss from NXT. Like, which I think we've all we all have nostalgia for that, and we all are like we want to see that again. This is different from that. It's not exactly the same. I think she's like a little more obnoxious, yeah, which I like. She's a little bit more sarcastic, which I like. Um, there are elements of the boss in there that we knew from NXT, but I feel like it's a little bit different and and there's like a little bit more kind of like humor in there maybe is the the right way to put it. Like, I think she was excellent ringside during the match, during Bailey's match. Mm -hmm. Um, like her outfit I thought was great ringside, like her demeanor, the way she was talking the whole time, her getting involved in it. I love that she immediately jumped in after the match and just started beating down Asuka like immediately. Um, it just kind of shows you like that, like viciousness that, that she can have. Um, but I thought both matches were great. I thought the Sasha, uh, Asuka match was a little bit better, but like, I thought both matches were great. Um, did you have a preference of those two matches?
1: Yeah. I liked the Sasha and, uh, Asuka match a lot better, but, uh, a lot these matches they both kind of mirror each mirrored each other in a lot of instances. And like you talked about Sasha cheering Bailey on. Bailey was I thought Bailey was doing a hell of a job cheering Sasha on, especially like you're the best, you're the two bu banks forever and all mm-hmm. stuff when they were outside, especially after that double power bomb where she was like, Oh my god. And I said a lot of parts of this match actually did mirror each other, especially both endings. You know, Sasha's was successful, Bailey wasn't successful. In the way they try to interfere, interfere in the matches, and a little small note is, I'm not sure if you picked up on this, but when Sasha was in the Oscar lock, she was yelling for Bailey's name to come help her before she mm, actually tapped. I I'm not sure, if, I'm not sure if you noticed that or not, but that mm-hmm. was that was a, sm- a small little nugget that's added to that match as well. But I do like, I, th- I do think both matches were great, but I think the Sasha and Oscar match was better. And if you ever get a chance on w- check to go back and check out their last match from um extreme rules sasha and oscar i think you'll enjoy that match a little bit better especially the end of. i'm not sure if you know what happens at the end but i do think you'll thoroughly enjoy that and get a good laugh out of it
0: yeah i have no idea what happens at the end oh my so, oh my
1: god you'll love it. Should, you wanna, do you want to know I
0: could, no i i'd like okay. to be surprised i'm looking for a pen like to write this down to remind the, the pen that i usually have when i like write things down as we go i have no idea where it is it's always sitting here it's gone so I'd have to, have to rely on my faulty memory. Yeah. Or you'll just I'll, have to text me. I'll text it to you. For, yeah. If to you, watch it. Yeah.
1: You the ending is perfect for you. Silliness. Okay,
0: because you know you know you can't trust my memory. Yeah, I know. So. Um and sticking with the women for a little bit, uh Sonia and Mandy Rose, and we talked about it being a hair versus hair match last week. It was basically like a loser leaves town match. Um
1: Yeah, they changed it because her lawyer said it wouldn't be a good look to cut her hair.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, in real life?
1: Yeah, because she's gonna, the reason they did this because she's going to go away for a while to handle all that legal stuff. And the lawyers were saying that it wouldn't be a good look if she cut her hair. And by the way, I'm not sure if you saw the video package, but that was an excellent suit she had on on SmackDown.
0: So, that's my first note. The, the kind of like purple or whatever yes, it was. Yes, or burgundy or whatever that, it was. Yeah. So, that's what I that was one of the first things I wrote down is that like her look is great. Like... We talked about um, on Total Divas, like sort of like developing like a liking to her, like when you start to see her as a person and find out about her story. And it's kind of cool to see like she's maybe come into her own where she's maybe like more comfortable in her skin in WWE, because like to me, that kind of like I always can kind of judge a lot, especially with like the women wrestlers. And hopefully this isn't like sexist or whatever but I always love when we get to see them not in their ring gear. Like when we see them just actually dressed in real clothes. Yeah. Like, I think it tells you a lot about their personality and Mm -hmm. their character. And like, I thought that was a great look for her. It's funny. Like I actually thought about this last week and, and didn't bring it up, but one of my favorite comedians, his name is Todd glass. He's from Philadelphia. He's like a ridiculous comedian. He's like very funny, very silly. Um, And I want to say somewhere in like 2014-ish, 13 or 14-ish, he um, went on the Mark Maron WTF podcast and came out of the closet and told everyone that he was was gay and he had been hiding this for so long. And some of his closest friends knew and his family knew and a few comedians knew, but not many people knew. And he had filmed a a special. I don't remember if it was for, for Comedy Central or Netflix. But he had filmed a special before he came out and he filmed one after he came out. And it's interesting that like if you watch the one from before he came out he doesn't seem as comfortable as he does in the one he filmed after he came out. And it's almost like there's this part of himself that he was like either hiding or wasn't acknowledging and it was like holding him back. And then once he was able to like fully be himself he seemed a lot more comfortable. And that's almost how I feel with Sonya not that she was hiding something the way he might have been but it's like I feel like she has found like comfort in her own skin there and I think that's awesome and it's a shame that this happens like right before she has to leave for a while I hope she enjoys her time off but um yeah I think her look is great I think her demeanor is great I think a lot of the stuff even just from the package like the stuff she did in this storyline I thought was really good I still think Mandy is just atrocious. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what her hair is. I don't know what her ring gear was in. I, I don't know. I that's don't know that, that's the first time
1: now. she had that look. Wasn't her best.
0: No, I'd hope not. Um, <laughs> it's the first yeah, time she had her hair like it. that. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't know what anyone really is particularly interested in about <laughs> her, but. That being said, I thought this match, like, delivered more than I expected it to. And um, I think even – like, I even think even though this wasn't really, like, a storyline thing, this is more of, like, a real-life, this is how this has to be thing, like, I – it actually made me feel bad that Sonya lost, Mm -hmm. which how often do you really feel bad over the result of a match unless it's, like, one of your absolute favorites? So it's, like, it actually worked in that, like, you felt something – for Sonya losing and having having to leave WWE, uh, was this so? I know this is one of the ones you specifically wanted to talk about. Were you disappointed that they went away from the hair versus hair match? Were you cool with what they did? And did this like did this end up being like what your expectations were?
1: Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed because the whole lose a leave thing it wasn't quite it really wasn't a part of the story until SmackDown. Cause we record we recorded on a Thursday night, so SmackDown didn't happen. So the entire t- story was just about Mandy Rose's beauty, and this whole loser leaves didn't really fit. You know, they tried to they, they switched at the last minute because of what happened with Sonya in that stalker. But it, mm-hmm. the the match was whatever. It wasn't that great. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Mandy trying to put pick the table up, which did not go her way at all. But um.
0: It did, it did not, at all.
1: <laughs> but I do believe that if this was actually just a hair versus hair match with no bells and whistles, that this match actually might have had a better story and been better from an airing perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it in the sense that it was just better than what I was expecting. Um, and I really have become a fan of, of Sonya Deville. And I hope that she enjoys her time off. I hope that she never has to... Endure anything like she endured last week ever again. And hopefully, like, whatever the best possible case scenario to come out of all this is, is how this plays out for her. Um, so, The Fiend and Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. Uh, like you said, kind of at the top, this kind of is what it is for The Fiend. I actually really like this, too. Um Really? Yeah, mainly just because I, I really enjoy the Fiend. I haven't really seen him in a while. Um, I liked the the kind of buildup they did before the match. Um, I like I love this idea, and I'm sure you remember me talking about this before. How I love the idea of the Fiend, like bringing out the worst in you. Like I remember talking about this a lot when he started dealing with Seth, and because I think the the initial reaction was like, why is like, what is Seth Rollins acting this way for? Like, I don't think people knew initially. The Fiend is making him into something else, and I think, like, I I think I might be recalling this differently than the way it happened. But I feel like my initial reaction was, "This is what I think is happening. This is what I hope is happening." Then it turned out to be the case. I like the idea of the Fiend changing you or the Fiend bringing out the worst in you. Like, cause really since then, Seth has been a heel, right?
1: Um, just about.
0: So like, I think you probably even could do this as really long-term storytelling that like, if they were to ever face off again at some point, like the fiend is the one that set him off on this course. And I liked it. Okay. Braun is someone that he obviously had a hold over before he may have a hold over him again. And, um, I think I, I, just really enjoy that aspect of the storytelling that, Braun is even acknowledging like whoever comes in contact with the fiend gets changed by him, but like he's not someone that even though he knows that happens, didn't help him like to overcome it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously it wasn't a classic wrestling match, but i just I just thought it was like a fun a fun story i, I thought I thought it was a fun match to watch. Uh, I don't have a lot like really to add to it, other than I hope they figure out like how to balance Bray Wyatt and the fiend to make both of them interesting and to make both of them like consistently important or entertaining. I don't know if he has been consistently entertaining. I know he was when I was last paying attention to it. Um, I just think that guy is so talented and it bothers me how much they have like wasted that talent over the years.
1: Yeah, so for me, the match, I didn't really care for the match. I thought a part of the match was missing with Alexa Bliss. I, I did it. And also, something something that's been going around, and you talked talk about this too, about the Fiend bringing out the worst in you or changing you or whatever. So there was a sheet that was going around about WWE kind of making, making the Fiend a face. And... By the way everything's been set up, especially with the Strowman thing, it seems like mm-hmm. the tables have turned, and Braun's actually been the one that's changed, so in this instance, it seems like The Fiend's the babyface, especially that's how it kind of looked like at the pay-per-view, and now with this whole return of Roman Reigns thing, it's, re- it's really interesting now, because
0: yeah,
1: it's being reported that Reigns is going to win the title on Sunday, and... I'm not. I won't be mad at it, especially. Really? It, yeah. That's that. That's the rumor going around that Reigns is going to win the title Sunday, and they're going to go into their wrestle, post WrestleMania feud that was supposed to happen before Reigns left from COVID. So we didn't. Uh, we still don't know who Retribution is, and I I hinted at this last week. I thought it was about Randy Orton, and if we have to assume that Braun's taking the the, the pin here again. And I think the only, the best way to make him take the pin and make, not make him look like shit is if Roman Reigns is actually behind retribution. Because a lot of people, because also SmackDown hasn't happened yet, so we don't know what kind of demeanor Roman Reigns actually has. But.
0: I did see a lot of people, too, theorize, like, saying, like, oh, I didn't expect to see a heel Roman Reigns coming back. You know? Yeah, lot like. Of- are you really making that determination like yeah, just off that?
1: Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of people have have speculated that is he going to be heel or whatever. And like I said, a way to to beat the fiend or Braun again, and I'm assuming Braun second Braun's in the pen for a second straight week, is if you have Retribution and a fear, and that be Roman's group, and that'd be actually I think it'd actually be a bit better better thing for Roman than it would be Randy Orton because Roman he could actually come back with a new edge and actually have something different we would never seen Roman in that that angle before. And I think that actually be good. And the internet is always quick as we always say, and they're speculating who's in retribution. It, it, it's all, it consists of all NXT superstars for the most part. But the thing that's been going around as well is retribution seems to change every week. The people underneath the suit seem to change every week because especially with the women, like, you know, there's three women in there at least, and you can see like their hair, Outside of their their hat or mask or whatever, so one week for example or a couple weeks, it was Santana it was basically Santana Garrett under one of the masks. but on SmackDown last week, no none of the girls had red hair, or they they weren't the same height or whatever. So and there's not any really big time, big name superstar that people think it is in that group. There's no big time name in there. So Roman leading a, a stable that's not. That doesn't have a big time name in there. I think is actually really good. He could be the perfect person to introduce them.
0: Um, well that's interesting. And it would be that'd be a big change from me being uh revolving around Randy Orton. Uh, but that was another reason why I gave this a showstopper. Obviously, everyone's out there. We we have been for quite some time, and I thought it was great to see him. Is it just me or did Roman return to WWE with a lot more teeth than he left with?
1: Yes. Oh, got Randy Orton going. Or was it just me? Oh no, he did. Randy Orton was roasted him. Randy Orton posted a picture of the donkey from Shrek. Smiling. What did
0: Randy say?
1: No, Randy posted a picture of the donkey from Shrek and said it was Roman. Randy always been great, I'll tell you. <laughs> Randy always been excellent. I'll keep telling you. And then uh I oh forgot. Oh my god,
0: yeah, like as soon as I saw his teeth, I was like, What happened? And
1: I, I and I'm not sure if Randy And I'm not sure if Randy did this, but but somebody posted because Reigns took a selfie. With the teeth and said, and he responded to Randy Orton, and then somebody, <laughs> you, you remember the episode of Friends when Ross's teeth glow in the dark?
0: Of course I did. So they put him that side- the same episode. He got really tan.
1: Was no, it wasn't. He, he
0: like kept. It um, wasn't it was a different episode.
1: Different okay. episode. So they put the side by side of Roman's teeth with Ross's teeth <laughs> glowing in the dark.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um. Yeah, I thought it was great to see him back. I don't know, like, what kind of reaction he's going to get. Well, I guess we don't have to think about that for a while. There are no actual fans there to react, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I'm just curious to see, like, what do they do with him? What, Like, where do they see him going? It'll be interesting if he comes back and immediately wins the title. I'm sure that'll make some people really mad, uh, which, honestly, that'll make me really happy. Um yeah, it was just great to see him back and great to see that he's like healthy and he's, you know, back at it. He's been gone for a while. I know he had a lot of health concerns and like family concerns over COVID and had just had a, another baby. So I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that he's now comfortable enough to, to be back. Um, and hopefully they make it worth his while to be back. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, so Seth and Dominic, This is another thing that I was not really, I did not care about at all. I was not looking forward to it at all. And it was enjoyable. I don't have, like, a lot of notes on it. Um, I did love Seth coming out in, like, the the old school Halloween habit style gear. (laughs) Like, that was perfect. Um, But, yeah, like, what what did you think going into this? And then what, like, did did how you thought change it all after you actually saw it?
1: Well, for one, I, I was just tired of this whole thing because I've been seeing Rey Mysterio, and you know how I feel about Rey Mysterio talking. So I've seen Rey Mysterio and Dominic talk mm-hmm. for a week for months, dealing with Seth on a weekly basis from this point. So I was just like, you know, you know whatever. And uh, this is Dominic's first match, and we've seen glimpses of Dominic. Like we've seen him do a frog splash, we seen him do six one nines, but we never really saw him actually wrestle. And he was trained by Storm, so he has, he is, he does have credible wrestling training, but this match was more storyline driven and I think it played out perfectly because I got home and uh, I can't, and me and Angel were going to turn something on to watch and I kept saying like, hold on, hold on, I got to watch this. Like I was just like standing up, stand up in front of the TV because I was so captivated about, about what's going on. I talked about the top of the show mm-hmm. when Angel comes out and like Seth's like staring at her and has that, that evil look on his face and then of course Ray gets involved, gets handcuffed, and I have to watch Dominic Catch a curb stomp, but I thought Dominic had a great showing in his first match. I was really, I was really like into the match. And I love his ring gear, by the way. I did enjoy that, but it was a really entertaining match, and I got to give it up to Dominic for putting on a great match on his first night.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, way more than I was expecting. You know, better than what I imagined. I do really enjoy like this version of. Seth and this doesn't have to do with this match, but I was just thinking about it because I know I mentioned at the beginning how great Samoa Joe is on commentary. I, I, I think that Samoa Joe might be the most underrated sports entertainer of all time. Really? I don't know if there's I don't know if there's anyone more underrated. I think that guy is great, legitimately great in every aspect of pro wrestling or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Clearly, he's excellent in the ring. Like, how many times have we talked about it that, like, you feel like this shit is real when Samoa Joe is doing it? Uh, and there are not many people that make you feel like that. He's unbelievable at cutting a promo. Uh, better than, like, he's in the top 1% of cutting a promo of anybody in the last 10 years. Great on commentary. Um, he can be funny. He can be menacing. He can be intimidating. He can be evil. Like, I just feel like there's nothing that is required of a pro wrestler that he can't do. And I don't know, like, I feel like he's respected, but I don't know if he's, like, put on a pedestal the way a lot of other guys are. And I, I, that's why I think he's the most underrated, because I think he's so much greater than people realize.
1: Oh, yeah, love Samoa Joe. And we'll, we'll be talking about him a lot in the next few months.
0: Uh, I I hope that that is the case, and I hope uh, I hope for good reasons. Yes. Um, so, I, being that I don't have my notes, I'm kind of talking about everything I can remember off the top of my head, and I probably have about three or four minutes left here. So, what else from SummerSlam do you feel is worth uh, mentioning before we go?
1: Um, that, that's about it. I think we hit on everything for the most
0: part. Is there anything? From like AEW or weekly product that you feel like needs to be mentioned.
1: Well, I'm I'm not caught up on AEW yet. I I have caught the clips. Uh, MJF is trying to get the paradigm shift band and <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not and um you don't know who he is, but uh the producer for Ryder and Hawkins podcast. He played MJF's lawyer and he did an excellent job. <laughs> so so I just wanted to put him over right here, here. huh? Yes, it's yes. The guy that had, like, gray hair. Yes, that. all right, yeah, yeah, he's excellent. Uh, He did a bang-up <laughs> job, he, and I heard he did great this week, too. So I want to give props to him. I thought that promo last week was excellent. But that's about it. Uh, Cody got jobbed out for the TNT title, which which is interesting. He's actually written on TV, too. So I'm interested to see Dynamite, to see what happens with that. But I talked about this a few weeks ago, when I was by myself, that a few times Cody was kind of acting like a dickhead. Defending his TNT title, he got a little cocky, so he kind of got humbled by yeah. the hands of Brody Lee. So I'm interested to see where that goes from there, and how he how his character progresses with that. But that's about it. But the next two weeks are about the All Out sh- pay per view. So next week's the preview, and the week after the review.
0: Um. So one other thing I I just remember needs to be mentioned. Congratulations to Brazongo! Yes. for becoming the NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, well-deserved, uh, long overdue. They should have been a main roster tag team champion years ago, yeah. but I'm happy to see that they finally got their due. Could not have happened to a better tag team. Can
1: we get Fashion Peaks back?
0: <laughs> would love it. Would love that so much. Fashion <laughs> Peaks would be amazing. I mean, the Fashion Police even I would settle for, but no, those guys are great. They gave us some some very great times back a few years ago. So I'm glad to see them like as as would say, I'm glad to see them get an accolade. So <laughs> congratulations to the both of them. Halo. Uh, I'm glad that we found a way to make this work. Hopefully, uh, audio sounds okay. Whenever you guys are listening to this, uh, and hopefully by next week we have a uh, we're kind of back more to our normal situation but uh thank you for listening uh please uh, subscribe on apple podcast leave a five-star rating and review alo would you like to move any merch
1: yep what a maneuver.net to embrace the madness
0: all right so for uh mr wednesday night live we call him alo the ladies call him Baylo. uh damian lillard a- damian lillard aaron lloyd uh i am ron Pashery jr and we will see you next talking all of this madness talking all of this madness they talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow got him now put him down right now hit him with the palm handle tuning up the band y'all don't understand This a superman it's a summer slam here we go again fans mocking man man i hate my balls Shut the mr man and they shake the land off the cell fans love it ain't hard to tell talking madness awesome well what i'm cooking man y'all awesome smell.